Locked over and crossover edition right now. BYU headed to Arkansas to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. That man is John Neighbors. I'm Jay Catch, and we're talking about the Razorbacks and the Cougars getting together with BYU trying to get some revenge this year after getting beaten Provo last year. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. That man right there is John Neighbors, the host of Locked On Razorbacks. This is a crossover edition of Locked On Cougars and Locked On Razorbacks. And thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thank you for making both Locked On Razorbacks and Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our new friends over at Jace Medical. Uh, empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. John Neighbors, how are you, sir? Man, I'm doing good. I'm excited about this game this week uh, for multiple reasons, but uh, I, I went out to Provo last year and had a good time, so hopefully it's another good time here in Fayetteville this weekend. Yeah, due to some complications, I am not able to make the return trip this year. I'm actually kind of sad about it. I wanted to get down to the down to uh, not I want to say Jonesboro for some reason. I have Arkansas State on the brain. Wow, that's yeah. that's, that's unfortunate on my part. But nonetheless, uh, looking forward to this matchup as the Razorbacks and the Cougars get together once again. Now, both of these teams are off to two and zero starts, and I'm going to start off today, John, by asking you. I've seen some chatter online between Arkansas fans that they're not necessarily as pleased with the start to the season for Arkansas. It's a similar conversation, I think, between BYU fans and the fact that they struggled against a program like Sam Houston State in their opener. But what's the what's the feeling right now in Fayetteville with the Hogs? Well, I think people were just expecting a little bit more out of the first two games. I mean, they didn't play exactly the, the highest of competition. Uh, Western Carolina is an FCS proponent, and they took care of business in that one pretty easily, but they still struggled to run the ball. Like They threw it really well. KJ was great in the passing game. Uh, defensively, they were great, but they didn't run the ball well. Well, then Kent State comes around, and everyone was like, myself included, thinking, well, Kent State the week before gave up like 400 yards running rushing uh, against UCF. So this is a time where they can just blow out this team and establish the run, and they didn't. It didn't look good. Now, the defense looked good. The passing game was all right, but the run, the rushing attack wasn't good. And I think that that's what's concerning to folks because that was supposed to be the strength, and it always has been the strength of Sam Pittman's team. I know Rocket Sanders is, has been injured, and he's not going to play in this game, which is very significant because some of the best running backs in the country. But um, it, it just is weird for people to watch. You know, it, It's like the one thing that everyone could count on before the season was going to be the rushing attack. And when the rushing attack's not there, people are scratching their heads of like, okay, so what went wrong? Where is it all coming to a, a head where this is happening right now? And in the SEC especially, if you can't run the ball effectively, you're not going to win games. It, it's just as plain as that. So. They're just not very happy with the way that uh, there hasn't been a lot of physicality to the offense, especially in the rushing attack so far. You partially answer my next question. Obviously, it's about Rocket Sanders. How truly big of an impact will that be in the case of Arkansas going up against BYU? Because I remember watching him here in Provo and ran for 175 yards and looked like a man amongst boys out there. 
I mean, it's significant. Uh, you know, they got a really good group of running backs behind him. Uh, AJ Green's really fast. Uh, Rashad Dabinian was a freshman last year, showed some promise, and uh, he, he's really good in his second year. And then Dominic Johnson, who didn't play at all last year, but in 2021, I thought he was Arkansas's best running back that year until he got hurt, and then he got hurt again. And he's been slowly but surely coming back into the mix. They have a true freshman named Isaiah Gustav out of Florida who was a four-star player who's been showing some promise too. So it's like they got talent. But again, it goes back to can the offensive line block effectively? Can they choose to get to the right hole or not? Because that was another problem that they had. So it, it should be okay. Like ha Not having Rocket Sanders there is an impact. Like There's just no way you lose a player of his caliber and just say, eh, you know, whatever, it's fine. But I think that people see that there is talent there. But it doesn't matter if you can't block for them. It doesn't matter if they don't hit the hole. Like it doesn't matter for anything. So they should be better than what they are. But this is going to be a really, really good test for Arkansas against BYU. How much better is KJ Jefferson this year than he was a year ago? Well, it's 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 tough to say at this point in time, just because I feel like we haven't seen full KJ Jefferson just yet. And what I mean by that is, of course, you know, people can say, oh, well, you know, they're not showing the whole offense or whatever. I'm not even meaning that not too much, but they know how important KJ Jefferson is mm -hmm. and they have to make sure that KJ Jefferson is healthy. And so they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that they are making KJ Jefferson available for as much a part of the season as possible. Last year, he was hurt a few times out of for a few games and it cost Arkansas dramatically. They got to keep him healthy. So in game itself, we haven't really seen it, but I will say that his he has a bunch of new wide receivers, which was going to be a concern. You thought maybe that'd be a take a while to get the chemistry down. There's no problems there. He trusts his wide receivers. He's been a lot more accurate, I feel like, and especially in his decision making of where to throw it to and who to throw it to. Uh, I think that Dan Enos, the new offensive coordinator coming in, has dramatically helped him with that and trying to fix those parts of his game. So I, I still believe he's better than what he was last year. But we still haven't seen a full KJ game, and who knows? Maybe we'll see a full KJ game and a real KJ game against uh, BYU this weekend. Now, Sam Pittman, I, I just love the love who he is as a person. He seems like a really, really fun coach to to talk to and that type of stuff. But there's like this prevailing notion out there, and I I remember we had, I think we had this conversation partially last year when Arkansas was coming out to BYU. They were on a three game losing streak, and there was some thought that he was already on the the a slippery slope potentially with his job status. What what are things looking like for him right now with the Hogs? Well, nobody was happy with last year. Uh, you know, Arkansas went six and six, and most of them felt like it should have been at least nine and three. I mean, they were seven points away from winning nine games. And that doesn't matter because you lost. But still, they should have been better than what they were. The defense, especially in the secondary, the pass defense was the worst in the country. Like, okay. that's not a joke. That's not an exaggeration. They were dead last in FBS last year in pass defense. Uh, and they still almost won nine games. So people saw that it's there, but they have to win those close games. They have to be able to, to close out the games, and especially against inferior opponents, because losing to Texas A&M, who was a bad team last year, losing to Missouri, who was a bad team last year, losing to Liberty, which I know it was you know Hugh Freeze and they were decent, but still don't lose to them at home. Those type of games can't happen. And you know, this year it's like you got KJ Jefferson, arguably the best quarterback in the SEC. You got Rocket Sanders. I know he's hurt now, but he'll be back. You got him. You you got better defensively in the secondary dramatically. You got better defensively on the line. Like it's incredible how deep it is. The wide receivers are really good. You're utilizing the tight ends. Like everything's there for you to take that next step. Because if Arkansas does another six and six season this season, no one's going to be happy about that. People are going to be infuriated because 
you were going to tell everybody that in the two years you had KJ Jefferson in the final years where he's supposed to be at his best, you went six and six and six and six. No one's going to accept that. So this is important for Sam Pittman. I feel like seven wins, he'll keep his job, but nobody will be excited. Eight wins or more, people will be excited, content, and happy with the result at the end. All right. Uh, well, we are going to flip gears and let you kind of pepper me with questions regarding BYU that you've got from the Arkansas perspective. But before we do that, let's get a word in on our friends over at Jace Medical. Of course, new sponsor here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Best part about this is, and uh, John, I think we all are worried about this natural disasters, the world coming to an end, like all kinds of crazy scenarios out there. Jace Case is here to kind of absolve some of the fears for you out there when it comes to that. The thing is they have a, a package that comes with five antibiotics and you can customize this for however you want it to fit for you. You can store it in your basement. A lot of people out here in Utah, we're all about our, our storage and preparedness and all that type of stuff. Jay's case fits right in with this. Uh, if you need a customer review, Frank said this it was easy as one, two, three, and I got it just in time. I received our package the same day. I got a sinus infection. My doctor was out of town, no appointments for days. Thank goodness it arrived with storms, shortages, pandemics, reliance on China and supply chain issues. We all need to be prepared now more than ever. So all you got to do is go to Jace Medical's website. You go online, fill out that form, and then you get a prescription with life-saving medications delivered right to your door. Gives you the peace of mind. So you're not just hoping that you have access to the medication in an emergency. Jace Medical's make sure that you have it on hand. Save more than $360 right now by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the promo code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com fantastic product once again save an, uh, more than 360 dollars and an additional 20 dollars off by using that promo code locked on thank you once again for making locked on razorbacks and locked on cougars your first listen of the day appreciate all of your patronage and obviously being everydayers with here on here on the podcast and uh john obviously you mentioned the fact you came out to provo last year when it comes to razorback fans uh what are they wondering about and what are you wondering about from the byu perspective well, I think last year being such a high scoring game between these two teams, um, I think it was the most that Arkansas had scored under Sam Pittman. Yeah. And it just wasn't defense seemed optional for really both teams in this game. So I think most Razorback fans are wondering because on their end, they're like, hey, we got better at defense. We were bad last year. So defensively, has BYU significantly gotten better than what we saw a year ago in Provo? Uh, through two games, and you kind of mentioned this earlier, the, the, the two games that Arkansas has played have been less than definitive about what the Razorbacks are. It's, it's a similar circumstance for BYU. They played Southern Utah last week in their FCS game, and they opened the season against Sam Houston, who just made the transition from the FCS ranks to FBS. So uh, there's a lot of question marks about, okay, how good is that level of competition? But the defense looked the part. They shut out Sam Houston in that opener. They've limited both teams to less than 100 yards rushing, speaking of Southern Utah and Sam Houston. The biggest thing is, is that uh, that uh, game last year against Arkansas was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. The day after that, Elisa Tuiaki, BYU's then defensive coordinator, tendered his resignation to Kalani Satake as his D.C., Kalani kept him on staff, did step in and tried to help kind of get them through the season. But then in the offseason, he went out and got a new defensive coordinator and former Weaver State head coach Jay Hill. They both worked together at the University of Utah, learning at the feet of Kyle Whittingham. So they have the same de defensive philosophy. And the one thing I can say that Jay Hill has brought to BYU since arriving in January is just a newfound uh, belief, passion, energy that he's injected into these players on defense. Last year, watching that Arkansas game, any Razorback fan probably saw that defense for BYU looked demoralized, looked like they had, the defense was optional. They just they wanted to be anywhere but that football field. 
it's a different look and a different feel right now for the Cougars. And I think also what was pretty fascinating is, you know, KJ Jefferson, Arkansas is fortunate enough to have him come back again this year and they didn't have to worry about that spot, but you know, BYU has a new quarterback and it's a guy that I think a lot of people are pretty familiar with. He's been at different stops with Slovis being at USC and mm -hmm. uh, then making his way over to Pittsburgh. Now he's at BYU kind of been all over the place. So is he a, is he what BYU has needed? Has he addressed that need a quarterback and offensively, is he a bigger threat at the quarterback position than what they had at the at that position last year? To the first part of your question, I think he fits what they wanted. Obviously, they lost Jaron Hall to the NFL draft last year. He's now with the Minnesota Vikings. And obviously, Zach Wilson before him is an NFL quarterback. So they've had a good run of quarterbacks at BYU. Both of them are now in the NFL, speaking of Wilson and Hall. So they needed somebody to come in and hopefully occupy that position and just really kind of build them up and keep them rolling. And uh, if you go by a last game's performance where Keaton Slovis went for 350 and easily could have uh, went north of 400 yards passing had re receivers not dropped balls. He looked the part of that quarterback. Now, that's a level of competition that is just so disparate from what BYU's facing this week against Arkansas that I think this week will be the real test for him. Uh, to the second part of your question, I'm not going to say that he's, uh, he's a bigger threat because Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson are able were able and more natural running the football than Keaton was. But the one thing through th uh, two games, Keaton Slovis has the first three rushing touchdowns of his college career. So he's showing off a little more of a dual threat nature to him that I'm not sure anybody, yours truly included, actually expected from him. Well, the biggest thing, too, I think for uh, Razorback fans and when they went to Provo, I, at least I had a great time. I thought Provo was awesome and the atmosphere was really cool and the weather was perfect. Like it was all great. But for fans that may be making the trip, first off, what do you think the turnout will be from BYU fans heading into Fayetteville? Because last year, I believe, it was a mid-October game, uh -huh. and this year is kind of earlier in mid-September. What's the turnout going to be for BYU fans? And also, uh, how do how do you think an atmosphere or an SEC atmosphere, is that even a thing that gets on radars, or is BYU kind of used to those types of atmospheres in other games that they play in the regular season? Now, they, they obviously were independent for the last 12 seasons before joining the Big 12 this year, and Cougar fans have shown up all over the country. I, I saw them outnumber San Jose State on their home turf at one point during Independence. Now, San Jose State is not an SEC team, but they also went to places like Georgia Southern and had huge representation in off-the-radar type venues when they played those road games. SEC venues, BYU fans absolutely get up for. I was at Tennessee in 2019 when BYU went down there to Knoxville and won in double overtime, and there was a huge contingent of BYU fans there. Now, uh, Rocky Top has got 100,000-plus. I know that Arkansas got 73,000 and change. You'll see a good representation of BYU fans. I've actually got a very good friend from my days as a student here in Utah who actually lives in Fort Smith, Kentucky, funny enough, John. He is an air traffic controller down there, and he and his wife and kids, they're making the short drive up to Fayetteville. They are very excited to have the Cougars in their proverbial backyard, and uh, I think you'll see a, a very healthy contingent of BYU fans, both from the area just kind of immediately around Fayetteville, as well as a number of them traveling from the west, from Utah, et cetera. I thought it was also interesting when you mentioned joining the Big 12, being an independent as long as they have, like, uh, you know, Razorback fans have been following conference realignment because Arkansas did one of those back in 1992 when they left Southwest Conference to join the SEC. So uh, how do BYU fans feel? Like, are they excited to be a part of a conference now? Is this something that they've wanted for a long time and finally got the opportunity? Or was there reasons why they wanted to stay independent for as long as they did? 
Uh, they are, in a word, ecstatic to be part of the Big 12. The whole move to independence, frankly, was a move to set themselves up to do what they're doing now, and that is being part of a Power 5 conference. They saw their our tribal Utah make the jump to the Pac-12. Then they saw TCU make the jump to the Big 12, uh, right in that 2011-2012 range, right when BYU went independent. They were unhappy with their TV deal at the time, so they went and signed their own uh, independent TV deal with ESPN. And Played 12 years of football as a college football independent. But the whole goal of that whole move for the decade plus that they did it was to live the dream that they're living now as a member of the Big 12 Conference. Uh, BYU fans are so excited to finally have conference games that mean something. Frankly, after you got out of the month of October for most of independence, that month of November was a very, very light slate in terms of schedules, uh, in terms of just uh, opposition that you were playing. The exciting part is that for example, this year in November, you've got Oklahoma. Obviously, they're going to be part of the SEC next year, but Oklahoma was coming to Provo in October and excuse me, in November this year. That would have never happened in Independence. So the thing is about with this game is that I know a lot of Razorback fans are going to be showing up and there's going to be BYU fans there too. And maybe some people are still considering about it. But hey, listen, if you're going to get some tickets, you need to get them now with game time because they are the best way to buy all tickets when it comes to sporting events, when it comes to concerts, when it comes to comedy comes to theater no matter what it is they are the best because you know sometimes you try to plan in advance and be one of those people or maybe you like until the last minute the best thing about game time is they always have last minute deals when it comes to those tickets to where you sometimes you get the best deals right before you walk into the door with those game time tickets sometimes you maybe just forget about the tickets and you see something better whatever it is game time is going to have you covered and it's in a matter of seconds just two taps and you're set and they are sent directly to your phones. So that way you don't have to go through emails and try to have screenshots or anything. It's just as simple as that. And the best thing about it is we all have our phones and we know that apps are all the rage. So you can download the Game Time app right now. And when you create an account, just use that promo code Locked On College. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. That's 20 bucks off. That's for any of your first purchase. Terms apply again. Go and create an account and redeem code Locked On College for $20 off with the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Got Jake Hatch, of course, of Locked On Cougars and uh, John Neighbors of Locked On Razorbacks. And now we kind of need to talk about the keys to the game in this particular situation because, and I'll start with you, Jake. Uh, I, I know what it is for Arkansas, and I'm sure I could probably guess a few of them for BYU, but uh, what do you think is going to be the key to success for BYU to come into Fayetteville and leave with a win? Well, there's some cliche answers going to be coming your way, but the first one, BYU's ever be able to run the football. And it's even more imperative for BYU. You talked about Arkansas struggles running the football. So far, BYU struggles have maybe even been worse than Arkansas's. They played against Southern Utah last week. In Southern Utah, they had their former offensive coordinator ran BYU's offense down there in Cedar City. So they knew what was coming at them. They stacked the box. But BYU, despite having the better team, bigger athletes, bigger offensive linemen and the like, only mustered 46 rushing yards against Southern Utah. You got to be able to run the football if you want to win this game. You talked about Arkansas having a, a struggling pass defense a year ago. Uh, Jaron Hall went for 356 yards in that game against Arkansas. Uh, I, I think BYU is capable of throwing the ball if needed, but they need to have more of a semblance of balance when it comes to running the football. And the hope is that they can do that this week against Arkansas. The other thing is BYU's got to be very, very clean with the football, and that's just holding on to it. Don't give a turnover over to Arkansas on an interception, fumble, uh, muffed punt, all that type of stuff. You, you got to avoid all that. Play clean football, avoid those penalties that will dr kill drives, and you may give yourself a chance to steal one on the road. 
Yeah, because for Arkansas, to me, it's, you know, I could sit here and talk about hey, if they rush the ball effectively, which, yeah, of course. I mean, I you could say that about pretty much every game. Hey, if you run the ball effectively, you're probably going to win. But to me, there's there's a few factors, but there's one big factor that will change everything, and that's K.J. freaking Jefferson. If yeah. K.J. Jefferson has a K.J. game, I feel like Arkansas is probably going to win this game because he is a guy that can do so much, not only with his arm, but he, the guy's built like a tank. He, he just has tackles bounce off. And I know those BYU fans, I'm sure, remember that play from last year where thought they had him dead to rights and he got out of it. He, he was just a guy who could figure it out and really make some plays. And if he's being that type of player where it doesn't matter if he's doing it with his legs, doesn't matter if he's doing it with his arm or with his strength, if he's showing out and putting on a show, I think Arkansas is going to win this game. I think Arkansas's defense has improved enough from last season to where uh, I think they're going to hold BYU to under 35 points in this game. Uh, I think that it's actually for both teams going to be much lower scoring than it was last year. It can't get much lower or much higher than what it was, but I think it's going to be lower scoring. I think that Arkansas is going to try to figure some things out, and I think the home crowd will really be able to energize them and, and to work them through there at night in Fayetteville because the weather's going to be perfect. I think it's like a high of 78 degrees and sunny. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it's going to be perfect weather there. So all that put together, it's just going to come down to where I think both teams have a lot of the same stuff. We talked, You talked about rushing attack. You talked about defense doesn't matter. At the end of the day, K.J. Jefferson, will he have a great game? If he does, Arkansas wins. If it's just an average game or below average game, BYU's probably going to win. It's all about KJ in this one for me. You, you talked about the KJ thing. We, so Tyler Batty was the first defensive player. That, that play you're talking about last year where the guy bounced off. Tyler Batty is BYU's best defensive end, and he was the player that had uh, had KJ dead to rights on that play. He talked to the media earlier this week, and uh, you could tell there was some like PTSD going through his brain thinking about that play. And he's not the only one from BYU's defense because they saw KJ Jefferson just – he was dominant, absolutely dominant in that game. I know BYU's defense wants to acquit themselves better in this matchup, and they're right. You're absolutely right. K.J. Jefferson seems to be the key to the whole game, it feels like, in many respects. And you and I both know, John, you've done this long enough. It's hard to kind of like bring it down just to one player in football. But when you have a guy as good as K.J. Jefferson, it can really get that simple, couldn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it really can. And what's funny is uh, already uh, this year against Western Carolina, there was uh, it was the first game of the season – and again, the offensive line that they sent the they sent a blitz package, and there's a player linebacker for Western Carolina. I mean, full speed runs into KJ, and the guy falls down, and KJ just kind of bounces back and makes a throw. Like it's almost like KJ didn't even impact him. So I know it's Western Carolina, and I'm sure BYU has some bigger guys, but uh, he he's just he does not go down very easily. And if you don't get him down, he's going to make you pay somehow. And uh, I like what he's done technically, but. And I don't want to even try to throw out this comparison because I'm sure people will get all mad. But I I feel like KJ's about as good as improvising as like a as a Johnny Manziel type player. Like as far as if like against uh, Kent State, ball fumbled on the ground, snap. He just kind of picks it up, rolls it out, and throws a touchdown to wide open guy. Like just he can improvise when the when the play breaks down, when players are getting after him, when the pat pressure is there. I trust him to improvise, and that could be pretty problematic there too. So well, it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt these two hundred and fifty pounds while he's doing that at the same time. So that, yeah, I think I think people said he's like he's like the size of an NFL tight end. Yeah, but with the arm of like a legit college quarterback, but with the speed and legs of like a running back. Like he's just a hybrid type player to where uh, you know he'll beat you in so many different ways and. Uh, he, I think even last week against Kent State, he hurt a player because the guy tried to go low on him and he trucked him. And I think he was, I think he got out. I think he separated his shoulder. I think it was like that. And KJ just bounced up. So I'm like, man, 
Uh, there's some big old boys out there, but KJ's not one you want to take on head first if you're one of those defensive players. All right, so final thing I've got for you, John, I'll let you, if you had anything else, you can you lobby at me, but uh, for BYU fans who are making the trek down there to Fayetteville, are, are, is there, are there places or a place that they should not miss in terms of food, uh, that, that, that type of stuff? What should Cougar fans not miss while they're down there? I would say, uh, first off, you got to go to Dixon Street. That's kind of the the college. That's where I spent many a year, uh, many times down in my college days, and on Dixon Street, just you know, kind of like the downtown area with bars and sports yeah. bars, and it's got different places to eat and drink and all that. And uh, I think people are going to be really surprised. No, Provo is beautiful, so they probably won't be, you know, too impressed by the beauty of Fayetteville because you know it's its own thing over there. But uh, there, I think they're going to be really impressed by how how nice it is and how live alive it is and everything. So I would say, uh, yeah, go to Dixon Street, go to the square. Um, if you're talking about places to eat, if you want some really great barbecue, in fact, I just had it because uh, uh, earlier today for lunch. And it's, a, it's not close to the stadium, but it's just about a 15-minute drive. A place called Wright's Barbecue, best barbecue in the state, hands down, no questions asked. Uh, it's always busy, but if it's worth the wait if they ever get a chance to do that. So I, I would suggest doing that. Um, if you can go like great burgers at Hugo's, Hugo's is off the square, kind of right there close to the stadium. Again, it's small, hard to get into, yeah. but burgers are really good. Um, I'm trying to think anything else off the top of my head, as far as, uh, places to, to go and, and eat. I mean, they're just do, do local, some local spots there that are always good. And if, but if you want a good, like sports bar vibe, you know, if that's what you're looking for, JJ's on Dixon streets, what's called. It's just it's it's awesome. Like they got it's the type of place to where it's just like they got a bunch of TVs. The food is solid, not too expensive, and the beers are cheap. Right. So I, I yeah, now I know that the, when I went to Provo, it was pretty hard to find beers at times. But and in Fayetteville, Arkansas, you're not going to have to worry about anything. They got the finest of Bush Light, all for everybody. So yeah, you got to check it out. You mean you mean to tell me there's more than just two in the entire city like Provo has? Yeah, I mean, stop traffic, but yes, yeah, there is there is quite a few places where you can go and get yourself a cold beverage, and uh, tailgating will be pretty cool too. So uh, if you can't go to a bar or whatever, just go around to some tailgates, just introduce yourself. Razorback fans are nice for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, just go to the right ones, and I'm sure they'll hook you up there too. All right, John, anything else you've got on your end? Yeah, just uh, one thing for you out of curiosity. Uh, what's the one thing that – if a Razorback fan said to a BYU fan would like make them mad. Like, is there something that triggers them to where it's like, if you bring up a, like a player oh, or I, a team or something like. I, I got one for you. Uh, just bring up, uh, well, just say, Hey, just say go Utes. And you'll, you'll, you'll just, you'll just make BYU. Fans like, what, what did you just say? Cause it's their arch rival. They just go Utes. Simple as go that. Utes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm sure all the Razor Rec fans listen to this. If they see some BYU fans, I'll probably try it out and see what happens. So good to know. Good to know. Because again, it's it's trash talk, man. And I know you guys probably know all about it. And especially when you get into the Big 12, conference trash talk's the best. Y'all were too nice to us when we were out there. Like it was bad. Like I had fans give me a high five, like, hey, go Razorbacks today. And I'm like, absolutely not. And I go, it's like, man, when I'm going to SEC places, like I'm getting F bombs thrown at me just because I have the wrong color red on. So it's it's it gets like Razorback fans are pretty good. Like I'll say that. Like they're not LSU fans are that bad or Florida fans is bad. They're pretty good, but you know that it's still an SEC school at the end of the day, and they're still going to let you hear about it. Well, awesome. Well, John, looking forward to this matchup, obviously, and we'll have postcast editions and all that type of stuff coverage leading up to it and afterwards. But uh, thanks again for carving out some time in your schedule. It was good to catch up with you. 
Absolutely, man. And uh, good luck and good to have you part of a Power Five conference. It's good to have some uh, some extra religion in our conferences because Lord knows we all need it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, big thank you to all of you for making Locked On Cougars and Locked On Razorbacks your first listen today. Thank you to all of you for being everydayers as well. Of course, we'll catch you guys again tomorrow right here on the Locked On Cougars and Locked On Razorbacks podcast. See you.